Hello, welcome back to another edition of the Return the Picks podcast, where once again we are trying to win some cash on gambling on the NFL. Our six team accumulators, myself, Ollie Wilson, Dave Bluck and Jazz Gillum, haven't been too profitable so far this season. But going into the, profitable. Going into the final week of the season, this was the <laughs> chance that we all put six games on the line. This was a chance to redeem ourselves in the regular season and get that big win before the playoffs. Jazz? How much money did you win this weekend on your podcast bet? Zero. Okay, not a great start. Dave, how much money did you win on your podcast bet? Zero. All right. It's three zeros then. This is good. This has been a <laughs> disastrous regular season for... But it's not over yet, Ollie. Well... Because we got the playoffs and that's where the real magic happens. Jazz is convinced that the Steelers are saving themselves for the playoffs... And I'm convinced the podcast is saving itself for the playoffs. I hope you're right. This is where the money comes in. We're going to be bam, 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 <laughs> just hitting it every week. Well, we differ on podcast bets this week as we go through the show, breaking down all of the playoff games. So, like, some of us will be, well, one of us will be bam, and the other two will be blur, blur. So, there's basically like a gambling champion to come out of this week if it goes right, or we all fail again. I mean, we also have picked some games similarly. So, if they're busters, they may bust all three of us. Yeah. What I'm saying is only one can win <laughs> this week. <laughs> yes. There can be there only, can be there can only, be only one. one. Um, we spoke about uh, the weird ending to the Philadelphia Eagles season that had an impact on the New York Giants and the Washington football team and not the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we spoke a little bit about draft ideas. I got a bit miserable about the Philadelphia Eagles. And then we actually got into some enjoyable topics of six NFL playoff games coming up. And even then, we were able to find a twist in the negative around the fact that we had six playoff games. And you can blame the Chicago Bears on that. Uh, enjoy the podcast. Over the middle, picked off! Season fired, intercepted! Blitz coming. Pass is picked off! He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore, down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. I'm quite glad that neither of those teams actually won it from a neutral, more like neutral point of view. I the Giants had snuck in. It would have been fun. Because who would have uh, seen that coming when they were bottom of the NFC East for weeks on end? Yeah. Did say you can raise your hand like, the it's, it's an audio East. version of audio format, so no one can see I, you doing that. I did say that they should have been winning the NFC East, the Giants. Yeah, they had their chance, and then they lost like five in a row. <laughs> yeah, I went back to being the Giants again. Um, That'll do it. Yeah, so. I don't know what they're going to do in the off season. There's uh, so many question marks around that division, like quarterback wise. It's the most like. Oh, it needs the biggest QB injection. I guess the Cowboys don't are even fairly, start. Like they'll have Dak, that's but... if Dak wants to go back. What if Dak's Why like, would... no, you guys, you had your chance. I'm leaving. Why would See Dak ya. do that? Well, Where else is he going to go? Well, apparently there's there's rumours that Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. Oh uh, yeah, that's a different situation though. Dak but then still maybe has Dak like says, okay, well Houston will pay me money. I'll go to Houston. Stay yeah, in Texas. That's How's he going to get a trade from suicide. Houston? He just signed a big contract, right? Apparently, it's not that difficult to trade him, from what I read. Okay. The contract isn't prohibitively untradeable. 
Why would they trade their best? No, but whether would he be would, whether they would trade him, whether he wants to get out of there. Uh, can't see that happening. That would be such a fuck you to the fans. Can you imagine? No, but I, I to be honest, I or think a fuck you to Bill Bryan. Bill O'Brien. I think three. he would deserve it. I think he would deserve the opportunity to leave that organization after what they've done, of completely tearing the place around him. And he had the best year he's ever had. I think if he was second-rated quarterback in the league in most things, behind Aaron Rodgers this year. But I you mean, sign those big contracts knowing that you're going to have to stay at whatever shit organization you're at. So he's getting paid a lot of money, and he knew that when he signed that contract. But he did know he was going to lose like DeAndre Hopkins. Team. I was going to say I'm not sure he knew the kind of fire sale that it was going to be and how they. I yeah. think the fire sale had already started, didn't he? No, sign it towards the back end of the off season. He signed it before Hopkins was traded. Uh, that's that's upsetting then. If I'd known that my best weapon was being traded for. No offense to David Johnson, but David Johnson, I'd be like, okay, I see how this is going. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, it's in- well. interesting what um what will happen with that. There's there's a few things actually to fly around about because obviously like we're getting to the end of the college football season as well, and that's going to affect things like the draft picks and most and the drafts pretty much set now. Or the most interesting parts of the draft are set. Um, but yeah, stick with the NFCs just for a second in terms of Andy Dalton came out and after again. You know, Rich gave us a big shout about Andy Dalton. Uh, there'll be teams that will be looking at him. There'll be the New England Patriots that will be looking at him. And he did not put himself on show against New York last week. Had an nope. absolutely awful game against the Giants and was probably the reason. He should have been picked off three or four more times than he was in that game. I yep. mean, he almost like he was actively trying to throw away Dallas's season at some points. Which, Which I respect if he was. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd buy him a beer. How do I Venmo him the money for like a couple of rounds <laughs> or something like that, you know? But I, I thought it was really odd, though, that this Cowboys team had seemingly got themselves on an okay stretch, had found some, some pace. Getting some, some crap teams, though. Yeah, so but that. the Giants weren't that good. And it wasn't necessarily the Giants' front seven, which was arguably their best aspect of their team on defense that was causing the problems. It was errant throws rather than the pressure. I mean, Leonard Williams had another sack, but aside from that, there wasn't that much penetration. Dalton wasn't necessarily hurried around in the pocket too much. It was just a, it was a really odd game that there were points where I was convinced that Dallas were going to come back because the Giants just seemed to be doing their best to throw it away with drives stalling time and time again midway through the third and Yeah, the I don't think quarter. they were very impressive. It's it was it, Like you said, it was such a weird game because it didn't seem to have... It didn't feel like a must-win game. In terms of tempo and stuff, from what I saw, I was like, "Yeah, it was very, it was very odd." And I was surprised. I did think the Cowboys would do it, but I was sure the Giants would win it because I thought the Cowboys were going to crap the bed. I, yeah, but I think this is more of your like just pure anti-Cowboys bias rather than like oh, one hundred percent. But yeah, there wasn't like a. But when no. it comes off, I'm right. It's great. I can okay. sit here on my my throne and be like, I called it. I was 100% convinced <laughs> never at any point in that game did I think that the Cowboys were going to get back into it at yeah, all because when we did our predictions three weeks ago I said the Cowboys were going to finish 4-12 and 12, which now I'm sure they probably wish they'd finish 4-12 and because they could get a much better player in the draft mm. uh, which meant that then which going brings into Monday, us on to the night, Eagles doesn't uh, it really Sunday night football yeah Washington against Philadelphia okay talk to me so I actually think that the choice to bring Nate Sudfeld on when you're three points down with a quarter and a bit of football left to play in a game where if you win, you let the Giants go into the playoffs um, was interesting. I can understand from a 
team point of view doing it one because it gives you as peterson said it gives you a chance to see what sudfall's like in live action because you're going to be reassessing the whole roster we, we know. but also you go from i think it was the the ninth or tenth pick to the sixth pick if you lose the game now that's a big difference maker given that the top two teams are looking at definitely looking at quarterbacks yeah and you're probably not looking at a quarterback we don't think they might do they might come out left field and trade up to get trevor lawrence i mean silly like that but it gives you a much better chance to get a very good skill position player, a top offensive tackle, a top defensive player, as opposed to getting maybe the second in their position in a position that you really have a need for. Of course, if maybe if they drafted uh, drafted Justin Jefferson last year, you wouldn't be looking at, say, a Devonta Smith. Yep, okay, yep. But you might be looking at him now, having just won the Heisman. And so, Are those the two things compatible, Jazz? What's that? Well, getting a look at uh, Sudfield and then uh, basically deliberately throwing the game are you trying to say are they mutually exclusive sort of thing well yeah I mean I think they're two really good points um, but is it I'm just trying to get inside Doug Marone's head Do, would he really have been thinking about that draft pick I don't know uh, he might not have been but at the same time he might have been told by the GM or the or the, uh, the owners if it's cl- if you're winning you win the game if you, it's close in the last three quarters or the third quarter or whatever you put in Sudfeld and you can prepare him for the rest of the week because we want to see what he actually has in his tank. From a GM point of view, you want to see if he's the backup. Because if he is a decent backup, you can then say to Carson Wentz, go, we don't need you. We've got our starter. We have our backup. We'll find a third string somewhere else. If you wish to be the third string here, feel free. If not, that's fine. We'll find you somewhere else. It's not like we've seen that much of Hurts, though. That so you've seen I kind enough. Of feel like they enough want to see to, enough to I feel like they Wentz. want to see everything. Yeah, but I mean, you can get rid of you could get rid of Wentz and still Hertz isn't the solution in the medium or long term. Absolutely. So like, I'm I'm surprised that they didn't want to see absolutely everything they could have Hertz and like them being down in a close game at the end of the season. I would have thought you would get more out of seeing Hertz in that situation than you do out of getting Sudfeld in. True, but then if you think that Sudfeld is never yeah. going to be your option at backup quarterback it might mean in the next draft you're thinking okay in the second round maybe we pick up another QB I think you're overrating backup quarterback a little bit at the end of the season like that's more of an off-season thing like I, well, I don't know yes and no I mean in terms of he would have had preseason usually yes but this year of course yeah. he's had no preseason has he it's the only time of actual live game actions being the actual game so it's the only chance he's really had to actually assess him properly in terms of how he's progressed over the year yeah, but we Nate Subfield has been around the Philadelphia organization for four years. Well, seventeen and eighteen, and then hiatus in nineteen, and then brought back yeah. in for twenty twenty. Like this isn't so okay. Nate Subfield going in is the Eagles throwing the game. I don't think it was done as a. <laughs> I'm trying screw, to get the balance here. No, no, I don't think it was done as a screw you Giants or screw you Cowboys or whoever or they wanted Washington to take that top spot or anything like that. I think it's an order that's come down from up top of look. We want to get that best draft pick possible. And at this point, we can leap up three or four places in the draft by not winning this game. Because all the other games have been played. We know. Mm -hmm. I mean, from a GM point of view, that's the best way forward to go for the franchise in the long term. However, I also think that actually benching Jalen Hurts wasn't that bad an idea considering how he was playing in that game. And this has been completely overlooked because he ran in two touchdowns. All right. But he's not our running back. I don't want Jalen Hurts being the running QB. I want a quarterback that throws the ball well. And Jalen Hurts was at 7 of 20 for 72 yards <laughs> through the first half and a bit. Garbage. Yeah, that's almost ten. That's just over 10 yards of completion. That's good. Ab- 
and an interception. Absolute garbage, Jalen Hurts, in that last game against Washington. I had no problem with him being pulled out of the game if it's done for him being absolute trash. Jalen Hurts. He, he was down quite a lot of players. I mean, that Philly team in that last game was heavily depleted yet again. Now, that is an interesting one of basically any player that could make any impact on that Philadelphia team was uh, removed Shockingly out. Like Miles Sanders lineup. was out. Dallas, Dallas Goddard was out. Yep, Derek Hurts Barnett was out. Fletcher yeah. Cox was out. I've got the uh, inactive list actually here of, uh, of going into that game. Now, because I, I sent this out to a few people and said, this is worse but even before kickoff i was like this shows the mentality deshaun jackson out alshon jeffrey out miles sanders out Mikel jacket out Derek barnett out fletcher cox out dallas goddard out jordan maliata out so all of those starters yep in their various positions for philadelphia already gone carson wentz oh he was out as well but who cares at this point <laughs> i mean who does but jalen hurts still having a terrible game so go and put nate subfield in it's a nothing game if he does something great, you can think, okay, maybe he's worth keeping around for next year. If he doesn't, look, we lose a game and you go and get the sixth uh, spot in the draft. Already, mock drafts are out. Love it. Season's under a week dead and the mock drafts are already going. Now, I've already seen Trey Lance, QB, uh, from North Dakota, has been linked with the Eagles as being their first pick at oh, wow. number six. Which is interesting because, uh, Dave, I don't know about if you've seen any of these mock drafts. This is why I wanted to come onto it because Justin Fields, the kid that's torn up uh, for Ohio State in the college football mm-hmm. playoff semifinal, being linked heavily with Atlanta at number four, which would be a big indication. Don't think he gets that far, though. I don't of, think he gets that far. Yeah, because Zach Wilson is uh, from, BYU, from BYU is the second best QB on the board, according to everybody. It basically right. goes Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Then Justin Fields. Then unless Justin Fields wins the national championship and lights that game on fire too, you know yeah. the Jags might just think, "Oh no, hold on, let's go with him." If if they do that, Rich they Eisen are more will ridiculous. be the happiest man on the planet. <laughs> they are more ridiculous than uh, the New York Jets and anybody else because bypassing on Trevor Lawrence, like that is draft day, not taking Bo Callahan slamming. All right, that is. It, it would be oh, yeah, it would be done. ridiculous movie style narrative if they didn't yeah, yeah. take Trevor. It, it won't happen. There's no point talking about it. It's like when we were talking about the Bengals in the off season, and and it was just like, well, they're going to take Burrows, and then they yeah, took Burrows. So like, let's just move on. But um, now what you were saying, Jazz, is exactly what I'd like them to do: is take Devonta Smith, Heisman winning wide receiver out of Alabama, who's done really well uh, with their QB Mac uh, Mac Jones. Jones. There we yeah. go. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be too fussed about having a look at Mac Jones, to be honest, because Alabama just have like a conveyor belt of great players. Now, the thing with Alabama and, and Tua on this point, I saw this earlier as well. Let's not forget that Tua was thrown to Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Devonta mm-hmm. Smith, and there's another receiver there that's really good, but I don't know his name. So he's throwing to potentially four first-round receivers who yeah. in the next level have done really well already in terms of Judy and Ruggs have looked very good in their first years. That's why two so I'm not saying two is not very good. I'm just saying that maybe <laughs> two had a very, very good supporting cast. And Justin Herbert, sure. a lean Oregon Ducks team, you know, showed that he's probably the best yeah. rookie. Well, maybe the Dolphins at number three go for Devonta Smith. Maybe they trade down because one team's going to jump up for that third pick. Guys, do you, do you really want to use all your draft ammunition in this discussion in uh, January when we're going to have no, like that, three again, months that's to a, talk it's, about it's, this? It's topical right now. It's a really big narrative of the Dolphins trading up into that number three spot to take a receiver. 
Um, at yeah. the moment, that's LSU's Jamar Chase is the kind of... I mean, this is going to change massively with pro days and everything like that, but that's the kind of nailed on who a lot of the mock drafts think is going to be taken by the Dolphins at number three, which is fine. And, the, point, uh, go on. the point is of this Eagles game is New York needs to stop bitching and moaning. And somebody, I can't remember who it was, but it was one of the Giants players tweeted saying, we probably shouldn't moan this much when we only won six games in a season, which is 100% exactly correct. Yeah, that's what you say. You, you just don't have a winning the record. Washington you don't deserve once you win the, you in the playoffs. Yeah, so so, so there's oh, no, that they beat them twice. Ignore me. Yeah, they beat them twice. There's, it is there's pretty. That, there's that. There's, I can see it that somebody's pissed off though that an NFL, any NFL team, would throw a game. It's bringing the game into disrepute, and I completely yeah. agree. And I'm not necessarily pleased or that proud that the Eagles did it. Like there is the fan part of me that thinks, yeah, well, that's kind of funny though, because there's we've got we've got some friends that live in Vermont that are New York Giants fans from the kind of era and stuff, and uh, apparently uh, I am their least favored person right now. <laughs> we haven't been in contact. Well, that wasn't because of the Eagles, though, was it? Was yeah, I mean that's dick. just other things. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean they're they're pretty annoyed about um, about the Eagles. I mean, if it had been the Cowboys it would have been 10 times worse. If the Cowboys were screwed like this instead of the Giants, the Giants have kind of accepted they're a pretty bad franchise and without Saquon Barkley, there's no hope. If the Cowboys with their Andy Dalton still might be able to do it for us, we've still got these receivers, we've got Ezekiel Elliott and Jerry Jones gets on a freaking camera and microphone. It's game over for this whole week. Like There's legal injunctions being taken place. There's a demand for changes in the rules of there's how many changes you can do. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, though, with all this, is that next, as the, the wild card weekend finishes this weekend, we won't be talking about that game whatsoever. We'll be talking about the next game, the wild card game. Yeah, no, no. no. It's going to be, and when draft day comes around, we're not going to be talking about, oh, the Eagles lost this game to get the pick. We'll be like, oh, the Eagles got this pick. No, That's but it. what will happen is if the Eagles draft well with that pick, then it will be, well, you know, got that pick that maybe, you know, they, they tanked a game for. But again, you can talk about teams have been trying to, in some areas, tank seasons on occasions. You know, it's happened on many a time. The Colts completely tanked. Um, this was a really good point, actually, Bill Burr made. When they were going for Andrew Luck, Manning came back and was like, I can, I can still throw. And they were like, no, nah, we, we don't want no, you to get can. hurt. Um, don't worry. We'll just tank the season and get Andrew Luck instead out of Stanford. Have you heard the McAfee story about that? No. When they won the last couple of games of the season, the uh, I think it was the GM may have come down. I mean, no, 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 it wasn't Bill Polian that came down. It was um, someone in the like personnel department higher up that wasn't um, Jim Irsay, but somewhere along there used to come in the game after all the games they lost and just said, "Well done, um, you tried really hard." And that game and the ones that won, he didn't have anything to do with them, and blanked the whole team the entire week. Because he was so pissed off that they were winning games. It's really difficult to blank 52, 53 people. Like, he managed. It's really tough. If, if you, you should watch it. There's, when you're um, around the stadium the if whole time. Uh, if you look on YouTube, and there's McAfee and I think Robert Mathis talk about it. And they talk about how things were during that season and whether they'd been told to tank. And they said, we weren't told to tank, but we weren't that competitive because of all the things that had happened. If this is what Bill Polian says, he says that, well, we had got a team the last three or four games, actually, we started to be competitive and won. If we kept that team together into the next year and I was there and we had, say, Peyton and Andrew together, we could have had another wonderful run of, of teams, but they got rid of Bill Polian because of the, the record. But my point and is, is like teams, anyway. teams have, have tanked 
yeah, in far yeah, worse no, situations yeah. and everything like that. It's just it's just the way the game is, and the Eagles are looking for a long term future. Everything everything's up in the air. This. This Eagles franchise right now, it's the most fearful I've been for a very long time because I don't want, I don't rate Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz is, is running himself out of town now and running away with his he's tail between his town. legs. Yeah, he's he gone. Um, we've still been talking about Deshaun Jackson at lengthy periods this year, which is just something we need to give up and get over on. Don't want Alshon Jeffrey. Miles Sanders is the best thing in this team at the moment, and Dallas got it. We're yeah, getting yeah. we're getting rid of Zach Ertz, and it pains me to see. Zach Ertz being moved on because he doesn't want to leave and it's yeah, really yeah. heartbreaking that a good player doesn't want to leave and he'd probably still be putting up great numbers if he had decent quarterbacks throwing to him yeah. and yeah maybe he's costing the franchise a fair bit of money as well but he's earned that money he earned that. you could see him going on and killing it somewhere yeah, else yeah he'll, he'll slot into I mean I'd take him with his dealers so yeah oh for sure I'd so it, it really hey, and get JJ I'd be happy do you see Ertz was out right on the there. field until 1am after the game yeah and like it's it's genuinely moving to see a player who cares that much about the team and about the city. Like it's just great. Uh, but now Jim Schwartz is taking a year out, who's been a great well, defensive coordinator. He's taking a year out to ponder retirement. So he's definitely having a year away, and then it will be a case of if he likes it, then he'll stay away forever. That's a huge loss with our defensive coordinator because what has been the thing that saved us all last year? What has been the thing that's looked okay? That defensive line. Jim Schwartz's scheme with the rotation and getting pressure from just a front four and moving players in and out was what got us to the Super Bowl, a big thing of it anyway. So that's up in the air. We haven't recovered from losing offensive coordinators. We have Doug Peterson that doesn't look like he's really got a clue what's going on at the moment. We don't have a set franchise quarterback. We still have a terrible secondary. We're weak at the linebacker position. The offensive line is... uh, Jason Peters is still lingering around, which now is like a season too many. And we need to fill that gap and get quality offensive linemen in to rebuild that slightly. And, you know, Fletcher Cox hasn't got that much longer left in him as a defensive tackle. Like, again, a great hero Brandon to the... Brandon Graham the same. On yeah, Brandon Graham's getting older. I mean, right now I'm looking at Miles Sanders, Derek Barnett, and the rest I'm like, okay, it's a, we need to burn the thing to the ground and rebuild completely. But even Miles Sanders, uh, Ollie, I, you know, he's a good player and I we don't quite know where his ceiling is, but like, I mean, I don't think he's going to be a guy that you can build a, an offense around. No, no, he's not the guy. He's, he's just a great, yeah, he's a what, great tool to have if you've got other stuff is. around. Yeah, but like, he's not like a Camaro or something like that. I don't think. Yeah, in the waiting. Well, so there's not many of those in the league, is there? Though. No, there isn't. But I'm just saying, if your best player is not even is not one of those guys, it's kind of. I mean, yeah, yeah I that think was, you're in a I mean, bad let's spot. Let's not rule out Jalen Rager here. Look, let's see what Jalen Rager does. It's an injury year. No, I mean, I don't I don't think Rager's been disastrous. He's obviously been better than I mean, like our previous... compared to Justin Jefferson, he's been terrible. Yeah. What about Com- Arcega-Whiteside? I was going to say, compared to JJ Arcega-Whiteside, who had two catches <laughs> in the whole of his rookie year and wasn't injured for lots of it like Jalen Rager has been. So, But what did Justin Jefferson do? He did quite well, didn't he? They did all right. Yeah, okay, Jazz. If only they'd picked him instead of Jalen Rager. Which is why we're going to Maybe they up- would have won the division. That's why we're going to end up missing Devonta Smith and we're going to end up taking another average quarterback or something like that. Like it just, I am so worried that I'm going to be miserable watching the Eagles play for a long time. But it feels only like you're always miserable watching the Eagles play, even if they're winning. Yeah, but I, no, because you remember the season that I actually bought in I, and they made the Ajayi yeah. trade and I was like, this is happening. Like, this is 
we're really going for it. And I was excited that year watching them win games. I was still finding problems with Carson Wentz, which I am proven 100% about. So, yeah. Having said that, I also remember watching you on the Super Bowl, not able to watch the game at points, having to walk away from everyone because you wanted to watch it on your own because you were that worried. Yeah, of course. Even though you're leading most well, of the yeah. game. Uh, sorry, Jazz. Uh, you're in a shootout with Tom Brady, who's putting up record numbers in a Super Bowl. I Any fan would be worried about watching their team going ding-dong with that when your QB is Nick Foles, a guy that has never replicated what he did in those few games, aside from one seven-touchdown game against the Oakland Raiders back in, like, 2012. I mean, So it, what you're trying to say is Nick Foles is the second coming of playoff Joe Flacco? I don't even know what that Nick Foles was. That that Nick Foles was something that we have never seen and will never see. Such like a Jekyll and Hyde comparison he just caught to fire. the rest he of caught his fire. And and look, it's not about looking at the past anymore. It's about looking at this Eagles' future, and it looks disastrous. Yep, absolutely yep. disastrous. We've got too much yep. money tied up in Wentz, which we all know already. We're gonna lose some key figures this offseason anyway and we need to make sure that we draft really well and really smartly and I don't have the belief that we'll be able to do and that and should Doug have kept his job? no mm. I would be I would be going out and getting Urban Meyer after everything he did with Ohio State like let's see what he can do he's interested in taking an NFL job and there are teams interested is in he going to want to go in. to the Eagles? it doesn't look like it's the, the best uh, every, place to go I mean right if now, you want to talk about open vacancies every single so this is my other thing that I wanted to talk about I'd rather go to the Falcons well all of the open vacancies in the NFL right now if you're a potential head coach or if you're a head coach at a bad team but you're like a good head coach I don't know like a Bill Belichick wouldn't you look at <laughs> wouldn't you look at the LA Chargers and be like I can still go and make that my team because it's a young enough and a talented enough team. I just need, I can be the guy that can do it. I think there are a lot of people that should look at that LA Chargers job who are currently employed in the NFL. I don't know. Eric Bieniemy should be looking at that and being like, if I'm going to take oh, yeah, a yeah. first he head coaching job, is. I think that's he should, the best, I think uh, he should stay, stay too. Stay where you are. But you are, that's the best job. You're not, it's not very often a job this good with this level of quality in a team. Yeah. potentially comes on the market. Until the Chiefs job comes up in three years and Andrew retires. Sure, sure. But that's not right now. And this is this is such a rare opportunity. And you don't know yeah, what's going to happen in three years. When you when you can jazz as well. Like, I don't know. I, I really think this I, Chargers job is like a, once in a on, once in a blue moon available job in the NFL that actually I think they will, rather than them having to put flyers out to people being like, hey, maybe do you fancy coming taking control of the Jacksonville Jaguars? It's actually people will be like, "Hey, have you uh, you finished sorting out your interview schedule for the Chargers job? I just wouldn't mind putting my name in the hat there, kind of thing." People should be offering and begging to get an interview for that job. I think it'd be really interesting to see. I'm who sure gets they it. will be. Really interesting. Yeah, I think you're overhyping that job a little bit. I think that's number one, and then after that, maybe the Falcons, and then maybe not, and then the and then Jacksonville. I'd rather. I mean, the Falcons have such a high one, draft pick I'd now. Have the I think one that pick. you could get really excited about it. Yeah, I wouldn't want the Jags job. The Jags and the Jets jobs are two jobs that I'd want to stay well clear from. Yeah, because you're not. I think if you go, the thing about the Falcons' job is if you go in, it's not like they need a complete rebuild. They need a lot of work, but there's still some really good pieces there. The Falcons is like a and house. You don't have an ownership which is going to like blow things up in a year's time. The Falcons is like a house where you've got pretty decent planning permission, 
and you can <laughs> completely tear down and rebuild if you want to and go for a long-term yeah. project or you can do like a, a bit of a fixer upper over a couple of years and you could do a semi and try and rebuild, flip it yeah. for a bit of extra cash <laughs> yeah like mm. you could i think you can go either or with the falcons i, I genuinely if, think there is an opportunity to as we've mentioned you know you trade julio you get rid of ryan you yeah. have a complete rebuild yeah. in there or they bring in or they get a qb with that number 4 pick and then sim for uh, year or two and then yeah yeah, and then and keep Ryan because he's you know he's only got a couple of years left really anyway. Um, so that would make sense. I mean, I'm hoping they go out and get a, a, the best D end, but I don't really know who's available this year. Like how good they are, I haven't heard like crazy buzz about like a Chase Young in this year's draft. So no, there's not many. I don't know if that's on the cards or not. Big D linemen that kind of pop up early, in the early rounds on uh, on the mock drafts so far. Yeah. Um, Jazz, you're quite good at like getting into the when I say why on earth would somebody want to do this and you find a rebuttal. Okay. Why on earth would Bill Belichick think about bringing Adam Gase in the building? Uh, mostly is the biggest kind of two fingers towards the Jets saying you had someone who was actually really good, but you just didn't know how to use him and you gave him crap players. I'll give you the same level of talent and we'll show you what we can do with him. That's what I think it is. He's just do taking. It, it seems to me a bit like. Same with Cam Newton a little bit. He's taking on projects, as old Bill. He's trying to make his last few years of coaching a bit exciting and say, well, let's see <laughs> how bad this can get. and Let's see how much better I can try and make them. A little bit He's, he's trying to like tie one hand behind his back because it's too easy. And now watch two, me. Though. Now watch me. I'm going to yeah. let my dog actually do the draft this year. But also, <laughs> the other thing too is, remember Adam Gase is living off that one year with Peyton Manning where he set all the records. So mm. I think that if you were to call Peyton Manning and say, hey, Peyton, what do you think of him? He'll give you a glowing report. I'm willing to say that Bill Belichick takes someone like Peyton Manning's opinion very seriously. So if he'd made that call and that's what he'd heard, he'd be like, well, that's good enough for me. Yeah, and he's only it... going to be a quarterback's coach, from what I've heard. It's not like he's in a real position of power. He's not like OC or head coach. Well, there are some QBs in New England this year that real need some real coaching so I yeah that's true <laughs> they're not going to be there next year i would bet so yeah well i mean again straight off the bat pat's linked with taking a, a qb with their first round pick this year so yeah so yeah but that, that's that's my thing why you try and get adam Gase. also could have been a bit of mind games prior to the game maybe let's not rule that out he could just be he could just be at the wrong level like he could be a really good quarterbacks coach or even maybe a good offensive coordinator again and just a really bad head coach like it's that, cult culture stuff again though isn't it that's that's the thing that always worries me and if he if Gase has allowed a bad culture to be embedded in look Belichick's not going to let bad culture come into the Patriots if if Gase starts doing that yeah, but if he's not in control gone. of the culture if he's not in control of the culture then yeah. he's just another guy who can contribute and help them win the and Randy Moss was, was one of those diva receivers who had a bad reputation went to New England bought in and then set records yeah, yeah. Didn't, he's going to reform because the culture him. there like, is so strong yeah he's going to pretty woman there. him you know you take in yeah. you take in the prostitute then you uh, you know you turn them into a nice fancy lady with nice hats so basically you talk about the a... entire story of pretty woman I, I said that yeah he did say up, pretty yeah. woman yeah. The, oh, I didn't hear that. Sorry. I thought this was just a Robert Kraft reference for a second when you were talking about like. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to do that? If every she was an now? Asian <laughs> prostitute, then yes, that's exactly what it would be. It's going to become a thing. Hey, a masseuse is not a prostitute, Jazz. 
until you pay them for what Robert Kraft was trying to get pay them for. <laughs> hey, Jazz. By the way, I fact checked you on the uh, Deshaun Watson thing. He got his he signed his contract in September. Oh, okay. And they traded in March. Uh, then I take it back. So that was wrong. Yeah. So don't feel so bad for Deshaun because he knew what he was getting in. At the same time, he just got himself paid, so I can't. I can't in any way. Say bad things about that. He He's young as well. It. He'll be all right. I just hope he doesn't get injured behind like, a, you know, a worse offensive line. That's the only thing. But you know, he's got a chance. If they rebuild in three years' time, then it's fine. He'll only be like twenty-eight or something. Twenty-nine. Even yeah. less than that. Yeah, it's fine. He'll be all right. You don't get many chances though. Don't worry about that guy. Let's do the playoff games coming up because everything that we're going right. to say about the last weekend is it's probably going to have some sort of relevance games. on the playoff games. Um, and do you want to go in chronological order? Yep, makes the most sense. Which means we start with what is probably one of my favourite games of the weekend, and I'm very Bills glad that I'm going to be getting back for that: the Bills against the Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tell me why it's going to be uh, one of your favourites. Okay, so the Colts. No, no, because the Colts' defence is an excellent defence. Um, and the Bills are the most fun team yeah. to watch in the playoffs? The Colts are good. You can't say they're an excellent defense. I don't think anybody can say they're an excellent defense this year. I think because there aren't uh, that many Stephon good Diggs defenses. Availability, by the way. Sorry? Has anyone no. checked on Stefan Diggs' availability? Is he out? He was not playing yesterday. He was not training yesterday. He didn't practice oh, yesterday. That's a problem. He and Cole, Ble- Cole Beasley were both out. Bleasley? Bleasley. Yeah, but... <laughs> There's no way Diggs isn't playing that game. Don't worry about. Don't worry about that guy. I mean, at the if, moment, if he doesn't play, it changes that game. Hugely. At the moment, at the moment, he's questionable. Yeah. And any okay. and whenever it's questionable in a big they're game like play. that, they're gonna play. It's so. when they're doubtful, you gotta worry about it. Yeah. No. So Diggs, I'd be amazed if Diggs misses out that game. If if he doesn't play, it's a huge loss to the Bills, and I call it game over at that point. But. If he plays, I wouldn't go that far. I don't trust the Colts' offense enough to destroy the Bills' defense. Well, this is why this is why I like it in that the the Colts' offense can be really fun at times. Like they were good on the weekend on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Jonathan Taylor. You want to talk about a potential candidate for most improved player because of the way he started the season and the way he's finished. The yeah. leap has been absolutely dramatic. Because there was a point where we were talking about Marlon Max missed because Taylor was so bad. Then we're talking about Hines came in and actually started to do some things in the ground game and in the passing game for them. Yep. And we're like, yeah, Jonathan Taylor now looks like an absolute bust. Last five weeks of the season or so, and particularly on Sunday, Jonathan Taylor looked amazing. And he was running like an unstoppable machine at times on Sunday. So you've got that with the experience of Philip Rivers, who is now passing to T.Y. Hilton fairly regularly in a lot of games and making a lot of catches. This Colts offense, if it, go, if it blows hot, can get fairly hot. Not probably not as hot as the Bills' offense, and they're both good defenses. Like they're both relatively high standard defenses to to play against. So I think this is actually going to be this is a, a case of a wild card game where you've got two real playoff caliber teams taking on each other. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see now if Josh Allen has learned from this season of success, <laughs> or if he goes back to what we saw last year in the playoffs against the Texans of Josh Allen running away during a third and long play and chucking the ball behind him like a scared child. 
But you haven't seen that from him in weeks. So I think that it is there's different been, to last year. There's been little snippets of it, but they've, they've yeah. come off. Every so often there are I mean, some look, he's mistakes. A, he is a player that he is still he's still going to take risks. So I, th- I don't think you're ever going to completely remove that from his game. But like, even but some of the best quarterbacks of all time have had like risky yeah. elements to their game. He's so got I don't that far edge can... to him, doesn't he? Yeah. Especially yeah. now he's got like good targets to gunsling it to. It's it's hunting season in terms of Josh well, it's just <laughs> for me it's just like if the Bills carry on on offense like they have been doing there's no way the Colts are Stop them. Are winning that game that is it's just it's over they're not going to be able to match them on offense and their defense is good and they have talent on that D-line but it's not going to be enough so it's really all in the Bills hands for me like if they if they play like they have been playing in the last month they win that game if they come back to the pack a bit, then the Colts are dangerous. Like, sure, they could win a game. Especially if they put 52 points on the Dolphins, where the Dolphins' D is, is good. 56 on the Dolphins. There you go, 56, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Jonathan yeah. Taylor, by the way, Ollie, 253 yards in that last game. I yeah, thought after savvy. the first quarter he was going to break the, the single-game rushing record. Yeah. yeah. Two touchdowns, 253 yards. Yeah, Amazing. absolute monster. But, yeah, I think you look... You look at the te- uh, teams that Buffalo have played down the stretch, Chargers, like, not a great defense, not that great a team. I mean, best team with a free open job at the moment and one of the better offenses, but yeah. <laughs> the Niners, I mean... It's a quick that's flip. It's not a good offense at the moment. The, the Steelers, okay, I mean, I've got my thing about it. You guys shouted that down last week. It was only when Graves does some research and backs up your thoughts. Uh, you've got the Love Broncos. That. The Broncos, not very good. The Pats, not very good. It's 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 still interesting. They lost to the Titans and the Chiefs that are playoff teams, and they lost to the Cardinals this year who were on the bubble of the playoffs. On the Hail Mary play as well. Yeah. So the Bills are still a really good... They're a fun team to watch. I think they still lack a run game, which is... To a point, it, yeah. Singletary yeah, and Moss they, haven't done enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, and in playoff football, that can probably be quite detrimental if you know that you just need to key on Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. If you can take away that combination, you know, Beasley might be able to kill you underneath, but it's just not the same not the same team. And the Colts D... John Brown's come back, hasn't he? Smokey. Yeah, that's true. And he had a good game as well to finish off against the he uh, did. against the Finns. Although, I mean, to be honest, Matt Barkley had a good game against the Finns. <laughs> so. That's also true. So yeah. I am... Um, also very true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be... I think this is a really interesting matchup. I, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bills lost. It, but at the same time, it's hard to look past the Bills as they've had such an impressive season. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'd, I'd have to look. I'd have to look back at the box score and stuff, but I don't think in those, you know, the last month when the Bills have really caught fire, that they've really been behind in games. No. So if the if the Colts can get some stops early, get some three and outs, if they can put up one or two scores, it's how the Bills could respond to that that would be really interesting. That might be, you know, I I feel like if. If the Bills go up early, it's kind of game over. If the Colts go up early, uh, like we'll see what Josh Allen's made of. I don't know. That's fair. Should we do the predictions for each game as we go, or do them all at the end? Uh, we'll go at the end. We'll okay. I don't know. Actually, yeah, solid. Let's do it now. So I've taken the Bills minus six and a half. I think the Bills win by at least a score, a full score. Dave. 
Uh, I think I've just got the Bills outright here. Let me just check. What have you got, Ali? I've got the Bills. Yeah, I've got the Bills outright, yep. Nice. All right, let's uh, go with the two teams who I have no idea who they are, and we don't even know who's. <laughs> yeah, God. We don't even know this who's the starting quarterback for the LA Rams as well, which is nuts. The Goff <laughs> yeah. said that he's uh, well, Goff apparently has been throwing quite well in practice this week. Well done, Jared Goff can throw against practice teams. I mean, <laughs> is he listed as questionable? <laughs> well, he should be after his thumb surgery, but it's a playoff game, so he'll probably still play. But there's also it? there's also talk that McVeigh doesn't actually want to start Goff. That was one rumour that was flying the around The guy this came week. in, what's his name? Uh, Wollstone? From the AFL or whatever. He looked all right. Whatever his name was. He looked pretty good after that first pick six. You think, okay, it's going to be a long day and the Colts are going to torch them. And then, no, he comes out and carries on the throw and he looks better than Jared Goff does. Yeah, more competent a passer than Jared Goff, which isn't that tough. That difficult. As soon as it's after like 12 seconds and on the play clock, yeah. John Wolford came in. Uh, started it, we'll the game, former Wake Forest player, uh, first ever start in the NFL, goes up and gets an 18-7 win on the Arizona Cardinals. Big rumours, as I say this week, that they're, that McVeigh actually prefers Wolford over Goff and would quite like to start him going into the game against the Seattle Seahawks, who, uh, yeah, I don't... Both I these don't teams know. hard to really know. I mean, the thing about the Rams game last week against the Cardinals, with Kyler Murray out after, I think, the second first or second drive after the Cardinals had scored his backup was terrible so their offense disappeared so though it was an 18-7 win that was because the Cardinals were not competitive on offense whatsoever yeah Kyler Murray would have probably been shut down anyway so that's <laughs> <laughs> all good I'm just having a look back uh, yeah. guys it's just so it's so not l- night and day uh, the Seahawks season in terms of points you know when they were when they started the year they were scoring 30 every week and then, and then you get to week 10 and it's like 16 28 23 12 yeah and then a 40 yeah. and then a 20 I mean they, they had the 40 against the Jets but the Jets were really really bad then and then 20 against Washington 20 against the Rams and they made it real hard work against, against the, against the, the Niners. real hard although work against to the be fair all of those those are three of the better defenses, I would say, in the NFL. So maybe we can give them a bit of a break there. But they're hardly firing on offense now. It's, it feels like their defense, though, in those games, in the last up. four games, has, has come up, back yeah. up. So, I mean, I think that the Seahawks are like, I don't know. I've got them as heavy favorites in this game. Not just because of the quarterback situation, but they just seem like a more complete team. I just can't. Like the Rams' defense is very good, but again, like very good is the kind of best you're going to get this year in terms of defense. It's not going to be enough to go on a playoff run. Yeah. So that's how I see it. How do you guys see it? I don't. I think it's like eight out of ten times the Seahawks win this. I agree. I'm not sure about that. I can't remember the spread wasn't it? I didn't take the spread on this one to the money line because I thought the game could still be quite close because I don't trust. It'll probably be team. close. Yeah, I'd... because it's a divisional game and yeah. they know each other so well. And Sean McVay's an excellent coach. Even if they have to play this backup guy, I think that they'll be they'll be okay. It'll probably be within a score. Yeah, but that's my thinking you know. too. So I, I've taken the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks will win this game as well. Yeah, first, my picks I think are sounds terrible, but pretty obvious apart from one, which I think is really obvious yes. as well. Me too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I am mainly for betting purposes, but also because I can't decide. I'm taking the Rams with this one. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. Just to get some odds. A, to get some odds up. And B, because there's going to be a playoff game. There's going to be an upset a, somewhere. A spanner in the works. And because yeah. it's a divisional game, because there's something about Seattle that I still don't trust, com- especially compared to how hot they yeah. started. And yeah. I, I, there is one of those storylines of Goff will come back in after all the discussion about whether he's going to play or not and all that and end up like shredding it and having one of those Jared Goff-McVeigh games where it works. And... Yeah. Okay. And that Rams, that Rams, can't see him shredding that Rams it. defense, that Rams defense can win games. That's the other thing. So it can, but yeah, I'm taking I the Rams. Know. I don't really That's feel cool. it, but I'm going to take right, the Rams. We'll see. Um, we'll see. You're both the Seahawks money line, I guess. Then. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, let's go with the late one on Saturday. Uh, this one shouldn't take too much discussion, I don't think. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Washington football team. Now, Jazz, is this the one that isn't obvious to us but seems obvious to you and you're going against Absolutely. the grain on it? I thought Buccaneers so. Buccaneers are going to smash them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they got naughty on no, week, they, they, they week They've performed so well the last few weeks. Ever since the bye week, that offense has somehow clicked and found its gears it should have had at the start of the year, which is worrying for the teams in the NFC and the eventual AFC um Super Bowl team because I think that that is difficult to stop because of how many weapons they have and even when Mike Evans mm. went down Antonio Brown stepped up and looked a bit like Antonio Brown of old and that's the yep. if mm, they have all three scary. of them working as they can and Gronk throwing his body weight around yeah. as he has been that is an offense that's difficult to stop the only thing I'd say Jazz is that their defense has lucky enough good. for the rest of the NFC yeah. has gone Slow right from. back to the pack so yeah. I think that you know, if they get in a shootout, if they go into, you know, the conference game against um, Green Bay, say, um, I think it could be like 40 points each. Easy. Should be a shootout. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. how you're so like, be fun. the problems will be if they get in a shootout. And I'm definitely not saying that this one's got the potential to be a shootout. I mean, if they go, you know, later on down the playoffs, there's problems potentially for them in shootouts this week. There's no problems at no. all whatsoever. Well, I mean, no, Washington won't score more than 15. I mean, it I depends if it. Alex Smith is there and plays really well. Because um, as Bruce Arian said, that this isn't a seven and nine Washington football team with Alex Smith as a QB all year. He's, I think, he's four or five and one, something like that. So he's done very well when he's been in the game. Yeah. Um, and the D line again for Washington football team is very good. Wonderful rotations and great talent across the whole thing. So whether they can get enough pressure on Brady is a big question. But if they start doing that, they'll just start throwing screens because their their receivers will take it and just carry on taking it. So yeah, I don't entirely understand how Washington can slow the offense down enough. I don't see how the Washington offense can score enough points because even though the Bucks D is taking a few steps in regression, they still have an excellent kind of front seven. And I mean the secondary is a bit I think it's the weak point, but Antoine Winfield again had some wonderful plays the other day and other week. So yeah, it's it's still a good. It's still a good defense. It's good. It's not I think a- the trouble is when you start scoring really high points, it means your defense is on the, the field for longer, so it'll get more tired, and the other team also gets more possessions. And the other thing... Well, they have to concentrate for four quarters yeah. every play against Brady and that offense as well. Yeah. So, I mean, if you make, you know, bend but don't break against that offense, like at some point you will break. Yeah. Like they're going to score on you, whether it's Antonio Brown, whether it's Gronk, like... They will score touchdowns. And so and if you Brady's can't, deep passes have looked so much better. Yeah, he looks great. So yeah. I, there's just I don't know. This it feels like I said like eight out of ten times. I think the Seahawks are going to win. Maybe that was a little bit generous, but like ninety nine out of a hundred, I see this as Tampa Bay. Like yeah. anything can happen, but like 
man, I don't know. It would have to be some wild shit. Antonio Gibson has Agreed. been a fine running back for Washington considering the season they're having. Nothing special. Alex Smith, when he's played, has only had uh, two 300-yard games. His QB rating's still down in like the uh, 78 points something. Um, so it's not like Smith has come in. and He's been better than Dwayne Haskins. He's been better than anybody else that Washington have put up this year. But it's not like Alex Smith is coming back and showing some kind of like Chiefs throwback style. Oh, um, no. And look, Alex Smith's job. Alex Smith's job is already done for this year. It doesn't matter what happens in the playoffs. Like this is a free hit for him. Maybe he'll have a Nick Foles style. This is a free hit. I'm going to start slinging it to Scary Terry and all that. But it's a Washington team that isn't going to be able to put up the same sort it's of numbers at all. It's a free hit for the whole team because that yeah. team, after it started so poorly, should never have been anywhere near it. Yeah, it's no fear football for Washington, and that might be something that at least gives them an edge. Whereas there's more expectation on the Buccaneers. The difference is, yeah. the Buccaneers have the players to meet that expectation quite easily. Yeah, I would imagine. So, I... was anybody tempted by the spread on this? Yeah, or I took is the spread. I, I took eight and a half. You did. I got it minus eight and a half. Yeah. Oh. Because I think the Bucks will win by a large margin. Because yeah, I think I, that when it comes to the playoffs now, teams that were taking their foot off the gas a bit will be like, no, no, let's just keep scoring as much as we can. One, to carry on making as much momentum as possible. But yeah. two, to make other teams that play them think, okay, we have to take this super seriously because they're not just going to take their foot off the gas when they get a lead. Yeah, no, And of all cool. the, all like the players that's going to put your foot on your neck and really make sure they get you, Brady's that one. Mm. Yeah. It was savage against the Falcons how the Falcons were close and then suddenly no, you're not. it was like they were Ooh. over the other side of the hill. Like <laughs> they were two scores away and it was like, what? The Falcons just stopped 40. scoring points in there. That's trouble. They did, but but the, the Falcons defense was actually playing quite well for most of the game. And I don't think that the defense necessarily just fell apart, but like they turned it on and I was just seeing Tom Brady like playing some of his best football of the year. Yeah. And suddenly they scored two, two more times. I was like, oh man, where did that come from? So... That was fun. So we move into I'm Sunday. You've both gone Bucks money line. Oh yeah, yeah money line Bucks all the way. Yeah. yeah. Let's move into Sunday. Um, I think this might be the one that Jazz is like, oh, it's not obvious, but it is obvious. And I think I'm on the same wavelength as Jazz with this one. The Titans against the Ravens, and yeah, I mean, yes, sir. They've done it twice in the last two games against Baltimore. The Tennessee Titans have the advantage in the kind of ongoing head-to-head of recent matchups. They did it to them last year yep. in the playoffs. And Derek Henry is still an absolute monster, mm-hmm. which has yep. been awesome to see a guy not only do like back-to-back rushing titles, that's fine, but after what he did last year and then to do it and replicate it again, I think is ridiculously impressive. To over to, uh, Won the rushing title by over 500 yards. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Which is bonkers. Yeah, yeah, it was because Dalvin Cook had like 1,544 something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's winning by what most running backs would consider five good games worth of rushing. <laughs> yeah. That is insane. And finished on 230 yards or something like that. Yeah. with the uh, And he had one that was like 25 yards pulled back as well in the dying yeah. embers of that game for the Titans, if I recall. Because uh, he ran one in and then it got pulled back for like a holding call or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it could have been could have been even bigger for King Henry. So I'm really pleased that King Henry's there. But Ryan Tannehill as well. I mean, he's making more plays with his legs at the moment. He's looking as good as he did last year in terms of being a pocket passer. AJ Brown came up that big. That throw at the end of that game. Yeah. No, no, not that throw. The drive before that when they needed a score as well. And they went to AJ Brown, I think, five times in a row on oh, just wow. mid, mid-yardage routes. And... 
Tannehill threw well. Brown got the separation and the physicality that he needed to. And I thought that was a real stepping up point in like a clutch situation because they still didn't know if they needed to win or not at that point. Yeah. To For those two to perform on a big stage, like, yeah, they'll have to use other people. Yes, Derek Henry will get the ball in big moments as well. But for that, for a big drive that was needed and a touchdown that was needed, and AJ Brown goes and does it, great. The only problem with the Titans is what we also saw in that game, which is like they put themselves in a position to win and the defense just completely capitulates and lets them down. And thankfully, a 54-yard bomb down the field to AJ Brown on the last drive got them back within field goal position to kick it. But they also they almost screwed the pooch pretty badly on Sunday. And the defense for the Titans is so weak compared to their offensive strengths. It's the, it's the fifth know, worst. Yeah, they still know how to beat Lamar Jackson. That's true. They know how to beat him. And Lamar Jackson does not win playoff games. Fact. I mean... So, if he loses well, again yeah, this I week, mean, that's three in a row. That's three playoff games, three losses. I don't so think, I don't think it's again, nailed on. You've got to start... Sorry, say again? I don't think it's nailed on, Jazz, in the way that you are in the same as your Cowboys thing earlier. In the it's pop- definitely not nailed on at all. I think that this is this is my favourite game of the weekend. Yeah. I think it's going to be... I'm hoping it's really close, but I could see... I can't see the Titans running away with it. I nope. could see the Ravens running away with it, and I could see the Titans winning a close game, which is what I've got I think Titans my winning bet. a close game is what it's going to be. Yeah, but I can't... But you could also... I could see the Ravens just turning it on like they have in the last month. They've won four or five straight mm-hmm. to get into the playoffs. They're probably, them and the Bills are like the two most informed teams, I'd say, in the whole league. And like the Titans' defense is worse than last year's playoffs. And it's one of the worst in the league. So, you know, they could just run right on them. In fairness, though, with the Ravens, the last five games have been the Cowboys, the Browns, the Jaguars, Giants, and Bengals. It's not like they're playing world-beating teams. And when yeah, but have you what have you watched them though? Because they do like they've been playing. Offense, they've been playing well, really, sure. Really, but really if you play well against a good team, does that mean you're still playing well enough to beat the Titans? We're getting into my Steelers argument. Okay, I mean the Steelers lost to some pretty bad teams to finish their year. So and they beat the Colts. So yeah, I know, but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily define you, is what I'm saying. Oh, you true, but Lamar Jackson playing. doesn't win playoff games. So what I'm, s- <laughs> so what I think is uh, Lamar Jackson's still not a polished article throwing the ball, and we've seen that in the last few games. It's n- the the Ravens' best hope doesn't come from their pass game. Like their pass game is useful if the running game gets going, and that has to be Mike Vrabel and Tennessee Titans defense have to say right, you shut down J.K. Dobbins and Jackson's movement ability out of the pocket and on the run. If you can do that, which they have done in the past then you can take the Baltimore Ravens. You make them pass the ball from the pocket because they're not good enough. That pass game, Marquise Brown got on the the score sheet again this week. Gus Edwards did as well, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that they're a good passing attack. Miles Boykin did too. The the Marquise Hollywood Brown touchdown at the corner of the end zone. Ferris was a very nice play, but the reason why that play happened was because the pass rush let Jackson get out the pocket, break contain run across the sidelines so the DBs had to cover for I think it was eight or nine seconds which they're not going to be able to do mm. and that's how he was, he was found open and free in the back corner of the end zone if the pass rush had been there and stopped him from getting out of the pocket and kept him there that play doesn't happen only once since the loss to Tennessee has Lamar Jackson been asked to even attempt more than 25 passes in a game and that was in the win over the New York Giants they're not a passing team no. so if you make them pass 
then they're Scrooge McDucked. But I don't know how we're going to expect the Titans' defense to suddenly show up and be able to shut down the run. I'd be very surprised. I wonder if they don't I, have a pass rush. I wonder if they go over commit though. You stick men inside the box and you have whoever your fastest linebacker is on a QB spy for the majority of that game. Because if you if you look at the the losses that the Ravens have had against Tennessee, Jackson twenty nine pass attempts against New England Patriots, Jackson thirty four pass attempts uh, against Pittsburgh Steelers twenty eight passing attempts. Uh, and the loss to the Chiefs, 28 passing attempts. It's when he's forced to try and make the throws that... Oh, yeah, I agree on... They'll know the tactic. I I understand, you know, that's how you beat him. It's just whether they are a defense that's talented enough to do that. I I think we thought this last year, the same exact same thing last year we thought when they played the Ravens. But they're a worse defense than last year. Statistically and in terms of personnel as well, because they, they like, tried to add in the off-season... And they didn't get it right with their free agent acquisitions. But and is is this Tennessee team on offense good enough to outscore? Well, that's the, the thing. Team? So they're the third best offense in terms of like. I think they, they, know, yeah, total I think they can. I think they control the ball more as well. I think yeah. with King Henry like just run the ball down, run but the I clock down, limit to, Lamar's yeah. possessions. But it needs to be. This is another like potential shootout. Not in a traditional sense, but I don't think that they're going to be able to shut down Lamar like you're you're suggesting, and so it's going to require them to hit it on offense, which they can definitely do. And I'm really hoping that happens because I like the Titans. I don't really like the Ravens, um, so I I want the Titans to get into the next round. So I'm hoping for like yeah some heroics like in the last in the fourth quarter. It's a one-score game, and they just get it done. AJ Brown, back at the end zone. Bang. Do you remember when uh, last year, going into the playoffs, both against the Pats and against the Ravens, and it was like, well, yeah. is Ryan Tannehill really good enough to be able to find people? And Oh, yeah. He definitely belongs like in that kind of top five, ten. Like, he's so unlucky to miss out on a Pro Bowl nod this year. So unlucky. Yeah. At the same time this year, who cares about that Pro Bowl? It'll be done virtually anyway. I know, but you want that on your CV. Like, yeah. he was gutted. He didn't get Probably it. Probably a bonus so. to your contract as well. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But yeah. the the chemistry with AJ Brown is better this year. Uh, Corey Davis has had a reasonably good season. The Titan Johnny Smith uh, has, emerged. Been, has been yeah consistent for them, which is super useful. And then Derek Henry still... Smashing yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Who are you going for, Dave? Who have you picked? I've got the Titans... In, in a, what I think is going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be like, if I was going to think score-wise, I think it's going to be a kind of like around the 30 points each and it's going to come down to like maybe even a field goal. It's going to be real tight. Yeah, I've got 27-30 as a score There prediction. we go. So, yeah, yeah, yeah Tennessee nice. Titans to win it. Jazz, I'm guessing... Definitely Tennessee Titans to win it. Now we've been talking about it, I'm considering <laughs> going back and trying to change my bet to not Tennessee Titans to win it, but Tennessee Titans minus three or something. Because that'd be great odds on that. Well, I'm not going to do that though. But Titans to win. That's that was the only game this week where I've picked the road team, uh, apart from the Washington football team Buccaneers one as well. So oh no, that isn't the home. That is the home team. The Titans are the home team. Ignore me. I picked the home uh-huh, teams the rest yeah. of the way. Cool. Well, it's no change to what I normally do on the podcast. So um, <laughs> I'll probably ignore you a bit on this one as well. The Browns against the Steelers. Jazz. Start me. You missed a game, bud. You missed a game. Yeah, you missed the other one. Bears Saints. Ah, uh, second. That's on my list. Um, incorrectly then. Brilliant. Uh, okay, let's go with the Bears Saints. Um, 
I mean, this doesn't need too much chat, does it? No, the Saints should smash the Bears because the Bears have no right to be there in the first place, to be quite frank. I've put it down as I've gone with the spread because plus 10 was tempting enough for me for a uh, playoff I game. I minus 10. Yeah, I took minus 10. I don't normally spread and I took I, minus 10. I didn't fancy the Bears to keep it close. I think that they would have no have no chance stopping Alvin Kamara and uh, what's his face? Michael Thomas. Oh yeah, I think, they'll, well. I think they'll win but I needed to get some odds somewhere and I think, you know, plus 10 in most playoff games is kind of enough for me to look at it. The Bears so, being in the playoffs... The Bears being in the playoffs this year is Maybe. the reason why I don't think they should have expanded the playoffs because there's no other team yes. that could yes. have got in that I would have yes. wanted in, but I do not think that the Bears deserve to be anywhere near a playoff game. Ollie, that's such a good point. And I thought today, uh, when I was thinking about uh, chatting for the podcast, I was like, well, yeah, we need to talk about the Bears a little bit. And it doesn't it feel like a kind of, um, I don't know, like a, a treat kind of punishment situation where we're getting a good playoff team for the AFC that's interesting. Mm. They deserve seven teams and then like the NFC were being punished by having to deal with the Bears and the for another week. Yeah, but at least like Washington yes, won a division. Like I know it means nothing and everything like that because it's a mess of but a that's, division. that's going to happen anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a rule change. But like, the, I mean, but you also look at the NFC. It's like, who else would you have rather had? Like the Vikings, they weren't in contention. Had they been able to stay in contention, I'd rather see them than, Definitely. than the Bears. Yeah. But they weren't good enough. So no, the Arizona Cardinals, like I don't. Yeah. They kind of whimpered at the end of the year. They were so flaccid. I know. So flaccid good news. Uh, but who else who else then uh, the detroit lions no way near it not worth it carolina panthers no way near it not worth it atlanta no offense but no way near it not worth it the giants the falcons would be more interesting i mean in the playoff game maybe. but uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't win the giants <laughs> dallas sure. or philadelphia no san francisco like with a completely beaten upside no yeah like, i don't want to watch them again this just seems this is what sh- they should have looked at and thought like oh no we could end up with like lots of Bang average but, but teams. They should have lots of times in the past. The seventh team has actually been a yeah. good team. I know. It's unfortunate this year. The NFC is. It is unfortunate. Been a bit of a crap shoot. And like I said, the AFC. I think we've been rewarded with this new system because mm. we've got like legit like the Colts, yeah. the Browns, the Ravens. I'm so the, tit- I'm oh, so the Titans. Glad. won a division, but like they deserve to be there. So glad Miami aren't in there. <laughs> I am after that last yeah. week. Oh my yeah, god! Really stunk the place that, up, stunk up the that joint. That shows like a franchise that maybe the attitude still isn't quite there just yet. Yeah, like, without Fitz as well, they were they're boring with Tua. Boring. And offense. the fact that they almost lost Super to boring. the Raiders as well in the week before, which would have taken them out of contention anyway. So yeah. It's like, um, yeah. But even yeah, the Raiders right. would have been a bad team to have in the playoffs. To but, be honest, but yeah, if, if they showed depends up. what Raiders. Though, That's the thing. But if they showed up the first few games, you never know. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they that would, already they shows that there fun, is only yeah. really one extra team in the AFC that we would be in. There's nobody else who's not in it that you're like, oh god, that would have been a cracker or something like that. It's a shame they. It's a real shame they missed out. Hold on. You on didn't terms... want to see the Jaguars in the playoffs? I mean, <laughs> I don't How think. Dare you? I don't think I'm going to have to worry about that for a long <laughs> time. So. Um. All right. So we don't agree on. We agree on the result. Obviously, but not on the spread. So we'll see about that one then. Yeah. So we both, I mean, Ollie, you've got Saints minus 10. Have you got Bears plus 10? I almost think if the Saints lose that, it might be a bigger upset than if the Washington football team beat the Bucks. Oh, yeah, completely. If the Bears, oh, if the Bears the beat the Saints. Is, by, yeah. is more on the, um, 
on that game than the Washington football team. Because the Washington football team at least have like a know, redeemable yeah. piece of their like of their team, a chunk, which is the defensive line. Yeah. Like outside of Alan Robinson and David Montgomery has got a lot better in the back end of the season, like the last two or three games for sure. And I still maintain I like him as a running back and he's had a disappointing oh, Jesus, underperforming season. <laughs> but like No, he's better than David Montgomery. Yeah, but like who who didn't <laughs> who's turned up on that Bears defense that you know last in the last few weeks Khalil Mack, Leonard, uh, not Leonard Floyd, he's the Rams now. Uh, Roquan Smith and Daniel Trevathan have all played very well. Okay. Maybe However, the rest of the players around them that are also very good, um, Fuller at cornerback and what's the name of the safety? Jackson. Eddie yeah, Jackson? Jackson. Yeah. Very good players, but haven't played up to their potential this year. And Akeem Hicks hasn't been as good as he usually is. Yeah. And their defense I mean, has been a bit porous. But I think at the same time, because their def- uh, sorry, offense has been so terrible for so much of the year, they've had short fields to have to defend, more times of a possession for the team to have to defend as well. So it's been a bit more challenging for them. But I. You just you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to hide Trubisky in a playoff game. Exactly. Well, he's so played. Like, he's, he's not played quite shit. well. Yeah, that's been uh, weird. That's been. He just doesn't yeah. have a high enough ceiling. He's he's not winning. He's not winning anything. Plus, like they didn't like they've dribbled into the playoffs as we've just spoken about. Yeah. But like I watched them against the Packers and I watched that game back, and the Packers were so comfortable. And that was basically a playoff game. Yeah. Like the Bears didn't know that they were gonna. That was yeah, yeah it was a so win or go home for game for them. So like the Packers just completely handled them. So the idea that they're gonna go and beat the Saints. Yep, just agreed. Give me a break. All right. Well, okay. Now, Browns Steelers. Sorry for jumping the gun earlier. Uh, Browns Steelers <laughs> final game um, going into Monday morning uh, UK time at one a.m. Jazz, talk to me about the Steelers. This feels really quite obvious. The Browns almost tied and went to overtime with a Mason Rudolph-led team that was missing Marquise Pouncey, Ben Roethlisberger, T.J. Watt, and Cam Hayward. And and sorry, what were what were the Browns missing? All four of their top receivers. Not the last oh, game, no. Yeah, not in the last game. So you oh, can the take before. that one back, Dave, and stick it up your butt. Now, my bad, my bad. That's the thing in this game. The pass rush should be much more ferocious. Back to how it usually. I think we're also getting back uh, Robert Spillane at middle linebacker as well, who was a big loss when he went down. So that D is starting to get a bit healthier. And Joe Hayden's back to go with it too. There you go, extra pieces all around the team coming back. So as long as they can stop that big touchdown run from Nick Chubb this week, which Minka Fitzpatrick maybe could take a better angle on, maybe. I don't see how the Browns can keep up score-wise, assuming Ben can throw the ball around like he did against the Colts. And he's had a week off, which would have really helped him. We hope so. And also the receivers played really well with Mason Rudolph. So they didn't drop many passes, which is also really encouraging. So you're saying that they're a better team offensively with Mason Rudolph than Ben Roethlisberger. (laughs) Yeah, I I see how you're you're twisting this narrative so you can eventually get on board with the Mason Rudolph thing once Roethlisberger retires this offseason. You can be like, well, I've seen enough from Mason Rudolph in that last game against the Browns, and I think he could be a great quarterback with the chemistry. We all know he's a third stringer at best. Um, But the fact that a third stringer at best managed to put that many points up against the Browns... Mm shows their defense isn't as good as they think it is. Miles Garrett hasn't been the same player since he came back from COVID. Mm. And I don't see how the Browns have enough to stop them. And I think if Big Ben gets on a roll and TJ carries on being the disruptive force he's been all year, and I mean, Cam Hayward being back as well, reinforces that D-line. 
I think that stops the Browns in their tracks. And you've got to think as well, earlier in the season, when everyone was healthy, the Browns got completely handled by the Steelers. Destroyed. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm seeing again this week. I would say that their team has come on a lot since then. Um, so I don't know if it's going to be... I can't see it being a blowout. Um, they lost... Um, What's his name as well? The Browns. Is it Olivia Vernon? Yeah, he's got they a lost. torn ACL, so he's out. Yeah, they've also got he's their out. goal. The so guard, they can Joel double team. Um, is also out. They're all pro yeah. guards out. So that's. But but you can you can double or triple team Miles Garrett then basically, and you've taken away their pass rush. I mean, I'm I've bet on the Browns because oh, I want to see it happen. Um, and I wanted the odds. Is this going to be the uh, end of Mayfield Meadow? I hope it is. Well, it depends how he plays, I guess. I mean, if he if he plays well and they lose, then I'm staying in the meadow. But yeah, it might. If he doesn't show up at all, then maybe the meadow has been named. Maybe they just plow the field and reharvest. I think that's what they'll do. For them. Yeah, it's fine. Like, <laughs> yes, that, that's my prediction. Team. I think it, I've taken the Steelers on the spread, so I've got the minus six, five or minus five for them. Actually, sorry, minus five Smart. for that. Um, that was before, of course, we also forgot, Kevin Stefanski is out. So they've got the, spe- I think the special teams coordinator is the head coach for the weekend. Yeah, yeah but you know Stefanski's like in a COVID isolation room in the stadium somewhere or something. Like he's going to be connected up. Yeah, but it's no re- no kind of replacement for is being he allowed on the into the stadium. He won't be allowed in the that, stadium. Yeah, and I'm just joking. But like, it w- there will be a way that he's completely connected up with as much as many as tools he can as be but it's never going to be as good and he won't be in the quarterbacks here either but the difference is as well is that i feel don't you feel like at least stefanski has changed enough about the kind of the mentality and culture of the cleveland browns that that wouldn't be as that big an impact it. as it used to be you know yeah. three seasons ago if a head coach in cleveland wasn't able to be on the site i mean it maybe actually would have been a benefit they're probably be better for him yeah but um but i don't think there'll be a culture of oh no stefanski can't be with us or anything like that i think that won't be as pivotal as as it potentially could be. Um, I definitely think Miles Garrett needs to have a big game. It's something, as you said, Jazz, that we're lacking from him in the last few weeks since he came back from COVID. But I don't trust Ben Roethlisberger. It's this this isn't a game where I'm like, this is playoff Ben Roethlisberger is going to be back because there haven't been many occasions that we've seen playoff Ben Roethlisberger. There's been the problems with the passing game. Um, you can talk about the drops as well. That should in theory like sharpen up the smart money goes with the Steelers but I just wonder again if there's if you can get that Browns running game going you know the one two they lose something when they lose Nick Chubb for sure compared to when it's just Kareem Hunt running the ball Hunt doesn't run the ball as well but he's so good out of the backfield that those two as a one-two punch are great if they can get that moving you know this Steelers offense isn't an all-powerful, all-conquering Steelers offense. It's a difficult one to shut down with the threats that they've got at receiver, but you don't necessarily, I think, go into this game worrying about the Steelers running on you that much. Whereas Baker's a wild... Baker's saving it up for the playoffs. Here you go. Here's a run game. Baker's a wild boy in that he will, like Josh Allen, he will lose you games, but he might have one of those games where he can win you games. There's a lot of ifs about if things go right for the Browns, I think they can put up not only a great fight in this game, but I do think there is a chance. This isn't like a... They could nick This isn't like a, oh, Steelers win, as it would have been many years ago. Yeah. They should win. Yeah. Steelers win. That's that's how I see it. But I think, yeah, and that's why I've gone with the Browns as well. Oh! Yeah. 
I don't know. It's we're going against jazz. Sunday night is. lights under the lights. Well, I just it's so there's Baker's always time to shine. Always in the playoffs. Yeah, that, when I was yeah. p- picking my things this week, I was like, "Well, there's and always this is the one that I've picked." And so I just, I just couldn't see where the upset was coming from enough to pick the upset. Yeah, that was the trouble. Yeah. So this is why, and I I want some odds as well. So I didn't want to just you know I didn't want to disappoint you, Jazz, and get like twenty to one. Hey, when I, I picked, picked all this, when I picked the outrights on the teams I thought were going to win. All six teams money line was nine to one. Yeah. So I had to reevaluate my choices a little bit story so of your for life my odds i got 51 to 1 are you taking the steelers oh, yeah. money line jazz or are you taking minus the- five minus five okay fair so i've got the spread in four games and money lines in two mm-hmm. dave your odds 47 to 1 nice with the spread yep. just on the bears game and the rest money lines Everything else money line, yeah, yeah, yep. and I've got the spread on the I've got the spread on the Saints, and then the rest money lines coming in at sixty-eight to one. Oh, daddy! Yeah, that's beefy. I just hope they're great games. Yeah, I'm a bit gutted, you know, that the the Brown Steelers is on so late. Yeah, me too. Because I, I I really wish that was the Chicago game mm. because I'm really not interested in watching that. Nope. And um, yeah. I'm a bit gutted. I have to. I might have to wake up and like watch that early or something. Yeah, yeah. That's a get game in forty on as soon as you wake up in the morning before work. I might just not go to work. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first. I've got this mysterious illness that suddenly gives you immunity from being able to be around anybody. <laughs> Big thanks as always to Dave and Jazz uh, taking some time out to chat all things American football, lay down their bets for the playoffs and fingers crossed we finally make some money this season. It's going to look very bad on us indeed if we don't. In the meantime, you can like and subscribe and follow us on Anchor.fm who are our host and all good podcasting outlets as well, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and of course tune in radio app you can follow us on instagram and twitter at return the picks that's at return the picks all one word and of course you can follow us individually as well at jazz gillam on twitter and instagram that's at jazz gillam on uh, twitter and instagram you can follow david at david black one on twitter and at david black on instagram and myself o underscore j underscore wilson on both twitter and and Instagram. Enjoy the NFL playoffs. I cannot believe the season has got here after so many question marks about how long this season was going to run. We got through the whole of the regular season. So even if we didn't win any money, isn't that a win for all of us in the end? Enjoy the football. Take care.